Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ today. We are glad that you have chosen to join us for this week's sermon of the Cape Elizabeth Church of the Nazarene. God's Word is full of timeless truths that are relevant to our lives today. Here's this week's message. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, this beautiful sunny day, huh? It is right to give him thanks and praise. I'm blessed and humbled to bring his word to you today. Before we begin, let's uh, take a moment to silently lift up Pastor Tim and Dr. McPherson and all those coming together today in Indianapolis in our General Assembly. May the Holy Spirit fill the convention halls. Today I will read um, two verses, uh, Genesis 12.1 and Hosea 6.6. 6. Um, the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sari, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. And now from Hosea, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. There's a theme running through all of these passages we've reviewed today, and that is... Faith in God leads to action. The Bible is our most sacred gift given to us by God. It was written by divine inspiration, by grace through faith. It's a series of 66 books of the New and Old Testament. It contains the will of God. It is without error. Contained within its pages are all things necessary for our salvation. All of scripture is connected. It's a series of stories, poems, proverbs, all designed to be interconnected in their revelation of God's nature. We can think about it as like a handbook, a manual, to show us how to live our lives by grace through faith. The interconnectedness of Scripture reveals God to us. It is this very connection that leads us to understand its words as a unified whole. It is our life's work to come to terms and grasp what's contained within it. Each week, pastors go into its pages to write sermons. Some of them go on Wednesday. <laughs> Not a week. (laughs) 
a most holy and faithful task, to be sure. It is the task of clergy to point out the interconnectedness of Scripture to his church. It is by the grace of God and faith that a sermon is created. Amen. Because this woman right here could not do it. This endeavor is a picture of faith, of our faith in God, leading to the action of proclaiming his word to his people. Today we're going to look at the interconnectedness of the scripture in Genesis, Hosea, Psalms 13, Romans 4, and Matthew 9. In Genesis 12, we meet Abraham, the father of our faith. God told Abraham to go to the land he would show him. He promised Abraham, a 75-year-old childless man, that he would be the father of many nations. By grace through faith, which was counted to him as righteousness. What's righteousness? It's right standing with God. Abraham obeyed the will of God. Abraham, of himself, didn't need a new address. I'm sure he was quite happy right where he was. He had all his family, his friends, his goats, his sheep, all of it. So he didn't need to move. He obeyed. And this obedience was counted to him as faith, righteousness. In Romans 4, Paul talks about uh, Abraham, particularly in verse 20. He says, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This was credited to him as righteousness. I love that. Fully persuaded to believe that God had the power to do what he had promised. Faith in God leads to action. Abraham went. Hosea 6.6 says, I desire mercy not sacrifice, and the acknowledgement of God, not burnt offerings. What Hosea is telling us is this. God is looking for acknowledgement of his mercy and goodness. He's looking for us to show him that we can see him. For what is it to know God, about God, without knowing God's character? The pathway to this knowledge is not through burnt offerings. Burnt offerings were rituals, empty actions, devoid of the faith God was looking for us to have. Faith in God leads to action. It leads to his mercy. The mercy that he gives us, we are to give to one another. We trust, we have faith in God's promise of goodness to us, He will be good to me not because I sacrificed an unblemished animal, but because I acknowledged him. Faith builds faith. Spiritual principles. Faith builds upon itself. When I shared um, with my mom, who's well into her dotage, 
a, a really wonderful, devout Catholic woman, that I would be preaching here today. She was aghast, and she said to me, you don't have a robe. You cannot preach. Well, the way I figure it, a robe is kind of like a burnt offering. It's kind of like an empty garment. A robe does not a sermon make. God love you, Mom, but it just doesn't work that way. (laughs) Faith in God leads to action. That's why I'm standing here today. The events in Matthew 9 are all pictures of God's faithfulness, of his revelation, of his manifestation of all his promises. He does not fail to give loving kindness to those who put their faith in him. Those who act by faith, whose actions are fueled by faith and love of God, are pleasing to him. So let's take a quick sort of run through in Matthew 9. At the opening of chapter 9, Jesus is eating with Matthew, the tax collector, and the Pharisees are criticizing him for this, as Jen just read for us. The religious leaders of the day considered it unclean, unholy to eat with Gentiles and sinners. Tax collectors were reviled by the Jewish community as the worst of all sinners. Jesus, in faith to his mission, in the form of the absolute obedience to the Father, took action. He rebuked the Pharisees by saying, Go and learn what this means. I desire, not, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I've not come to call the righteous but sinners. Jesus is quoting the words of Hosea. It is knowledge of God and not religious sacrifices, empty actions that are pleasing to him. Why does Jesus seek the sinners? Because God sent him into the world that all his children might know him and be saved. God so much doesn't send sinners to his church as much as he sends his church to sinners. Faith leads to action. Jesus raised a girl from the dead. Jesus is approached by a leader of the synagogue, which would be, you know, a Pharisee-type person, a religious, a Jewish clergy figure, who says to him, come and put your hands on her and she will live. The leader of the synagogue's faith leads him to take action and speak to Jesus. This action is pleasing to God because it acknowledges God in Jesus Christ. Jewish doctrine forbids the touching of a dead person. It's believed to be an unclean, unholy act. The leader is acting against all of his religious belief and ritual teaching to reach out to the mercy of God that he sees in Jesus Christ. 
Faith in God leads to action. Jesus heals a woman with uncontrolled bleeding. The woman encounters Jesus in the street. If only I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. The woman's knowledge of God's loving kindness through Jesus leads her to act and touch his garment. Jewish belief forbade the touching of a woman who was bleeding, as she was considered to be unclean and unholy. Touching her like touching a dead body would result in one becoming unclean. There is no rabbi, a religious leader at the time, who would ever do such a thing. Jesus healed the woman. Faith in God leads to action. Jesus heals two blind men. Jesus is accosted by two blind men walking behind his group of followers. The blind men are shouting, Have mercy on us, son of David. In Jewish law, again, the blind, the disfigured, the disabled were considered untouchable, unclean, and unholy. These men responded in their faith and knowledge of Jesus as the Son of God. They acted from their knowledge of God. We know that they knew who Jesus was because they referred to him in a specific way. They referred to him as the Son of David. Had they not had some knowledge of the scripture, they never would have connected him to David. That understanding, that knowledge comes from the scripture where it's predicted that the Messiah will come through the house of David. These blind, outcast sinners, unlike the religious leaders at the time, recognized and acknowledged God in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus asked them, do you believe I am able to do this for you? And they responded, yes, Lord. And Jesus said to them, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Faith leads to action. By now I'm sure the pattern is clear. God desires a relationship with us. He wants us to know his character, his mercy, his loving kindness, his faithfulness. Through knowing him, our faith grows. As our faith grows, we act and act more and more and more in ways pleasing to him. We act, act on our faith, not by what we see or on un- empty, faith, faithless ritual acts. We act in obedience to him above all else, because our faith leads to action. The days of our lives are like the pages of the Bible. When lived by faith through grace, the events of our lives show us the hand of God upon us. We have but to notice. When we acknowledge his infinite love and mercy, we move from that small story of us into the much larger story of him. In closing, I'd like to share a couple of those interconnected moments in my life of recent. Um, 
In recent months, I've felt a tremendous desire to grow closer to God, to get into a deeper, more faith-filled relationship with him. Um, I discussed this with my pastor and um, ended up going on retreat um, on April, in April 28th. The hand of God was within this because I had planned to have surgery on May 10th and the retreat pops up and we could go right before surgery. What an amazing thing, right? Thinking, oh, God is good. God is good. God is good. Well, three hours before I was supposed to leave on retreat, I got a call from my surgeon who said to me, your surgery's been canceled. You know, I was stunned. I was stunned. I was like emptied out, you know, in the Wizard of Oz, the Tin Man, you bang on his chest and it goes, boom, 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 the echo. That was me. Because here I am, God is good. God is good. God is good. You're not having surgery. I'm going on retreat. So I go on retreat. And I wasn't angry. I was dumbfounded. <laughs> and, God, and in that action, in those moments, opened up a huge chasm in my soul that he could fill. Only he could fill. So I'm on retreat. And I'm praying, and we decided that we would be focusing on the Psalms. And I said to Pastor Nancy, oh, the Psalms, yeah, the poetry part, right? I, I don't really know much about those. I don't read those. I like the stories. She said, well, we're <laughs> going to the Psalms. She gave me Psalm 13, verse 1, 5, and 6. This is in April. I opened the lectionary, first time I ever opened one, and there it was. There it was. There's the hand of God. No, you're not going to have surgery, but I'm going to give you a hint about my goodness, about my sovereignty in your life. Rest. It's going to be okay. Um, so the conclusion of that story is where I'm going to have surgery on 20th of this month, God willing. Um, stay tuned. <laughs> Either way, it's going to be okay because God's got this. This Wednesday afternoon, Pastor Tim called me and said, I had somebody, this mind you, is after I'd asked him twice if he needed anybody recently <laughs> to come preach for him. He said, No, I have. Uh, I have somebody all set. He calls me on Wednesday, which is about probably two weeks or so after that conversation. And he says to me, oh, there's been an emergency. The person that I've had lined up to preach has had um, her child is having surgery. So can you preach? Yeah, I can do that. God can do that. Actually, I Probably can't, but he can, so we're going to let him. So here I am. Recently, um, God also put on my heart a, a, a great compassion for the unhoused population in Portland. 
I've um, been there twice now. Um, and the first time that I went, um, I met a, a man named Bruce. And I talked with Bruce for a little while and um, giving him, handing out sandwiches, whatnot, socks, etc. And I said to Bruce, when I come back, is there anything that you'd like me to bring for you, special for you? And Bruce said, a rosary. I lost my rosary. I can't describe my feelings in that moment. Here's a man with nothing. A ragged tent, eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that somebody prepared, wearing socks that are donated, tent leaking, he's got a bike. That's it. That's what Bruce has. And what he wanted was a rosary. So I went back to church and talked to my church lady friends about my adventures at the encampments. And um, I shared with one woman in particular that about Bruce, who wanted a rosary. And Jeannie said to me, Zahira, I have three. Jeannie's a Protestant. She's Nazarene. She had three rosaries because her mother was Catholic and she had kept them. So I marched back off a couple weeks after that to um, my second visit to the encampments and there's my buddy Bruce. And the way it works is we drive up and then we start sort of announcing what it is we have because we go early. And so most of these guys are still in their tents. And this particular time we had Pop-Tarts, which are like gold to anyone living in a tent. They are portable. They hit your stomach like a rock. They last forever. And they're comfort food. Think about the first time you ate a Pop-Tart. Where were you? You were someplace warm, someplace safe. So... We're going, we're yelling, Pop-Tarts, muffins, peanut butter, jelly sandwich. And then you hear the little tents, Pop-Tarts, Pop-Tarts, Pop-Tarts. Okay? And you start to hear the tents unzip. And I'm Pop-Tarts, Pop-Tarts, Pop-Tarts. Everybody comes out, and here comes Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Do you remember me? Uh, maybe. Right? So, Bruce... I've got something for you. He said, what? Pop-Tarts. No, not Pop-Tarts, Bruce. For you, I have this. And I pulled out the rosary. And he cried. And I put the rosary around his neck. And I said, Bruce, this is so you don't lose it. But in case you do, I've got a couple more in my glove box, and that's where I'm going to keep them, just in case. 
He raised the crucifix at the end. I don't know if you're familiar with rosaries, but at the, at the end, the beads, and they have a crucifix at the very bottom. He raised the crucifix up to his lips and kissed it. Took his Pop-Tarts, stuffed them in his back pocket, and went back to his tent, kissing the crucifix with every step back to his tent. I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. Such a powerful picture of God being God. So God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And now I have a little prayer. Most loving and compassionate Father, source of eternal grace and mercy, I pray you to wrap your loving arms around us, your children. May you draw us ever closer to your will. May you fill us with your Holy Spirit's guidance as we act faithfully to build your kingdom here on earth. May you use us weak earthen vessels as we are to pour out your love. May we be your hands and feet used in faithful service to one another. Help us to see your face in one another. Make us aware of the needs of others. Free us from the bondage of fear and worry that we may better love one another. May our hearts burn with gratitude for your yeses. Hear the infinite love in your nose. And may our souls remain still and peaceful when you tell us to wait. Thy will be done in all things. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. We hope this sermon has encouraged you with the gospel of Jesus. More sermons are available online at our website, capenazarene.org. May God bless you abundantly as you serve him today.